0: Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, presented by Predictive, the first DNA-based digital twin to predict and prevent over 22,000 diseases. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Future of Medicine. In this podcast, we explore how technology and science are shaping the medicine of the future, from genomics to wearable devices artificial intelligence to at-home diagnosis and treatments. Our guests will share how they foresee the future and how they contribute to it. Today, I have the pleasure to have Adrian Chatillon with me. Adrian is a serial entrepreneur and the CEO and co-founder of ActiPulse Neuroscience, a medical company specialized in non-invasive brain stimulation therapeutics for the treatment of major depressive disorder and that is also under clinical trials for Alzheimer's disease and post stroke rehabilitation. ActiPulse has already treated more than 11,000 patients in the past two years for major depressive disorders and has an objective of reaching 100,000 patients by 2025. ActiPulse Neuroscience was founded in 2017 and has offices in Cambridge, Massachusetts, Mexico City, and Santiago de Chile. Adrian, welcome to the future of medicine. Can you tell us more about you and Actipulse Neuroscience?
1: Alex, thanks for having me. Yes, so uh, while well, I'm uh, like you are, I'm also French, and I co-founded Actipulse now almost five years ago, with the goal of helping people suffering from psychiatric and neurological disorders. Uh, as you know, it's these mental health issues, these brain issues, are expanding, assuming more people, more people than need treatment and drug treatment just doesn't cut it we need another line of treatment but that's where neuromodulation comes in and that's where actually comes
0: in okay very good um so can you tell me more about the solution itself so what uh, what stage are you uh, targeting uh, also what what it, what it is and what it does
1: so at were we we're specialized in a technique called non-invasive brain neuromodulation and uh, we have two stages so the first stage is in revenue stage uh, which is a uh, major depressive disorder so we already have on market a uh, this device to treat uh, MDD patients and on the clinical trial side clinical research side we're studying this same technique to to try to find a solution for neurological disorders such as alzheimer's disease parkinson's and post-stroke rehabilitation so in brain stimulation, you know, it's kind of a let's say a tree, and you have you know, different ramifications. Uh, we're in one called non-invasive brain stimulation using high frequency and low intensity magnetic pulses. Uh, you have in a hospital setting, it's called transcranial magnetic stimulation or tMS. This technique has been approved for the past you know I think like almost 20 years now uh, by the FDA to treat patients suffering from depression that are resistant to medication, which is four patients out of 10. So when this first line of treatment or medication doesn't work, patients go to the second line of treatment, which is neuromodulation. The problem with brain neuromodulation, uh, although it works very well, around 70% of patients with remission, um, it's still a very expensive treatment. So it's just in the US alone, it's, it costs around $15,000 to get treatment, so that limits the impact of the therapy. And uh, it's also uh, very cumbersome to use, because you need to go every day to the to the, to the hospital one session is only 45 minutes, but you require around 30 sessions. So you, if you add up commute to that, you're know you you're wasting around you know, two hours per day to go to the, to the hospital for your treatment. So not a lot of people want to access this treatment. So our goal as a company, specifically for a major depressive disorder, is to bring this incredible treatment from the hospital directly to the home of the patient. So in order that they may have a, a more cost-effective treatment, lower cost of treatment, and also we remove the need to go to the hospital every day. That's the goal of the company.
0: Okay, so that, that, sound, that sounds really exciting. So you remove all that friction and all those, that burden to, to go to hospitals. Um, it, so ba- basically, the way it works is that, okay, let's say that someone has suffered from Parkinson or Alzheimer's or some other uh, um, uh, depressive de- disorders so they go to their physicians to hospitals that are using your solution that are recommending your solution and the patient benefits. so receives it from the hospitals so the hospital basically they will give the device which should looks like a helmet or something right uh, right so yeah sorry what's the question yeah so um so that, that that's the way so and they, they just go back with the device at home and instead of coming back 30 times or 40 times, so they can just do it from home. Uh, how, how do the physicians make the follow-up? Make sure that, uh, that this is done, that the treatment is followed.
1: So that will be in the future. So currently, uh, so going from the hospital to the to the home of the patient, there's a technological and a clinical challenges. Uh, the, our goal for us was in, uh, instead of going straight to the, to the patients, to the homes. We had our first intermediate step, which was instead of going directly to the hospitals, uh, we needed to go to the small physician's practices, so the small psychiatric uh, office, and your next door physician. So that was the first goal. So instead of having a, a bigger device, now we have probably much like a medium sized device. And instead of physicians, psychiatrists paying $250,000 for it, now they only need to pay $15,000 for, for, the, for the device. So that has obviously had a strong impact on how many more patients we could treat because uh, we have around 210 devices uh, on market. So not just in hospital, but small more practice. And obviously we reduce the cost of treatment for $50,000 to $2,000. There's still obviously the problem that patients still need to go, you know, uh, for the third days uh, to, to the physician. So that's why, you know, the next step will be for the home device. For the home device, we are uh, about to start a, we just pre-submitted uh, with the FDA. Our application and we will start our pivotal trial by the next uh, the uh, q1 of next year so hopefully you will buy q well by 2023 we'll have it the approval to, you know, to go directly to the home of the patients meanwhile we will keep treating patients uh, at the small physician practices until we can get approval to treat them from home okay As, whereas for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's you know that's still under clinical investigation and while you can reach remission for psychiatric disorders such as anxiety and depression, there's no treatment for um, the, uh, for Parkinson's Alzheimer's. Uh, what we're trying to do, trying to test clinically, is if we can slow down this progression. That will be just the, the major first step, just to slow down this progression.
0: Yeah, well, which would be an important step uh, already. Huge step. So basically, you're bringing what are in the- Devices that are usually in large hospitals because you need a lot of equipment. to bring it to the smaller practices uh, around the corner, um, practices. Um, so you, you so, so you basically sell your solution to those, uh, to those smaller practices and clinics, right? Exactly. So those are um, your clients. Those are our clients,
1: not a major hospital, but small, you know, physicians, psychiatrists, and very small mental health clinics, which are. Uh, have a, a stronger geographic reach uh, on the market than just you know big hospitals.
0: Okay, yeah, very good. And today, so uh, as you talk about the geographical reach, uh, is it only in the US, or do you provide that solution also in other countries?
1: So now, currently, we are, uh, we're uh, let's say our testing phase. We are only present, uh, available in Mexico and Chile. That's where we uh, are treating our patients. That's where we're getting our our first, you know, the, the clinical data, and our first client to test, you know, business model uh, as well, and that's why the next step for the U.S. will be directly to the to the home of the patient, and we will skip that intermediate phase of going to the psychiatric offices. We'll go directly to the to the home of the patients.
0: Okay, well, that that's very good. So, if I'm if if I'm a patient today and I have uh, if I suffer from one of those diseases that you cover, how can I benefit from it? If so if I, if I, when a patient, what will happen
1: is uh, they will go through the first line of treatment which which will be pharmacological for cost effectiveness reasons. And if uh, since four out of ten patients do not respond to pharmacological treatment, if unfortunately the patient doesn't respond to to drug treatment, he or she will go to the second line of treatment which will be neuromodulation. So today uh, in the US, they can only go to you know major clinics or hospitals to get uh, the neuromodulation. And that's why there's a need, especially with COVID, to bring treatments from home, you know. Now, as people beforehand, you know, they thought that they could only be working if they went to the office. Now they know that they can work from home. Well, it's the same thing with COVID. It has shown people that you don't really, well, uh, for specific cases, obviously, you don't need to just go to the hospital, but you can also be treated from home. And I think That's where uh, medicine and psychiatric treatment is, is heading towards.
0: Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, so you were founded in twenty seventeen. You have treated more than eleven thousand patients, and I guess it includes a lot of clinical trials. Um, how are you funded? Uh, who are your investors? Because it requires, I guess, a lot of money.
1: So this is a trick, right? So um, it's a very good, a very good question because when we talk to a lot of our fellow uh, health tech and medical entrepreneurs. Uh, uh, some of them spend more time searching for money than searching for clinical answers. And when we co-founded the company, we were wondering, we didn't want to do that, because there's, there's a fundamental ethical question running a medical company, right? Because if you have expensive startup costs, expensive clinical research costs, expensive manufacturing costs, at the end of the process, you will have an expensive therapeutic, be it a medical device or, or a drug. And that's, there's an ethical question there, because if it's expensive, maybe some patients will not be able to access your treatment. And uh, I'm, you know, I found that I'm running a medical company, it's not a fintech. And our goal, even though we're, uh, we are not a nonprofit, we're a company, our goal here is to treat the many and not just the few. And I think this comes you know, from our, our French upbringing that, thankfully, back home, you know, uh, uh, healthcare is available to, to everybody, to the many, not just uh, the few and i think that's the goal that's the ethical reason why we want to to do this starting costs in mexico so this is why our clinical trials and our manufacturing is done in mexico because this way we know that first of all our our, uh, patients will be able to access our therapeutics our treatments for an affordable price and second of all we keep the control of the company so right now you know we have uh, never we even though you know have treated so many patients uh, we have around two million dollars in revenue uh, we have uh, a few patents pending. you know, we have we've done a lot of things and we're about to start our last five trial. We never raised a, a big series or a big round because while we were talking to some investors, uh, especially in the US, they were all you know, they were the, their main question was, how can you make more money? Whereas I think that the right question is, how can we treat more patients? That's the question. And they always ask me, you know, how is Actifos going to become a $1 billion company? And so I always tell them. No, the question should be, how is ActiPulse going to become a 1 billion patient company? Because I think we should focus first on the patient, then the money will come for, for everybody to keep doing research for, for the founding team and then for our, our investors. So that's why we've, uh, I like to call ActiPulse, uh, to name it a uh, high growth, low cost medical company.
0: Okay. <laughs> Very good. And I, I saw that you also started an uh, equity crowdfunding round on uh, Republic, uh, so the Republic.co. Uh, what are your objectives with that campaign and what are your plans with the money that you will raise? So that's true.
1: We were raising a round with Republic. With, uh, I found it fascinating and I think it's, it has a parallel with us in a sense that we want to democratize access to mental health care and republic wants to democratize access to to invest in, you know nothing to so we we share that same vision of democratizing you know being there for the people so when we got the offer to to raise on republic i think it was a great idea and uh, even though i would like to keep control of my life of the company you know you need, you, you start you it you know as a medical entrepreneur to look at the better you go and you know those type of FDA trials cost money so you start you need to open up your equity and I think that was a great idea to 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 start with republic and what and uh, the goal for this funding will be yes to for this uh this clinical pipeline of, of ours so first for the pivotal trial for the fda and uh, the rest of the other diseases such as parkinson's alzheimer's and post-op rehabilitation uh, last year we finished a first uh, randomized control and double-blind clinical trial for alzheimer's disease in our technology unfortunately covid had an impact on the on recruitment and hence on the the final results. So we're launching a second uh, pilot trial the next year. So all this money we're getting right now will be just for our our clinical uh, pipeline, which is at the end of the day, you know that the clinical pipeline, uh, the publications and uh, the IP is what's the real value of the company.
0: Okay, okay, very good. Um, So you have a solution that enables or will enable patients to receive treatment from home instead of going to hospital. Is it how you envision the future of med- medicine and healthcare? Uh, do you think that most patients will be able to be diagnosed, followed up, and then treated from the comfort of their home? Is it the way you see it?
1: I think it is. So I think it's, it's a very broad question, but if I, you know, center it to neurological and psychiatric uh, universe, I think that's the future, and we've seen it now with COVID. right? Uh, uh, a lot of psychiatrists beforehand was funny because they didn't want to do any teleconsultation. And say no, I need to see my patient. Like, but when COVID came and they really couldn't uh, for uh, medical and legal reasons couldn't see any patients, they opened up to you know tele uh, telehealth consulting, and they, they, they really like you know psychologists, psychiatrists, and also patients are really are really enjoying that. There will still be obviously physicians' offices. Uh, you know some patients want to go to the physician. You know there's this uh we call it the white blouse effect that just by the fact that you're going to see a physician you already feel better so that's important and patients like to go there so that's that the, they will still continue but i think treatments especially like a neuromodulation treatment uh, and following up treatment that will be done done from home right because um, sometimes you go to a psychiatrist uh and the psychiatrist will tell you hey come back in a month and, and to see how you're doing sometimes it's not really point of you know going to psychiatrist just to tell uh, him or her that i'm feeling better i'm feeling worse you know, this could be done with uh the obviously telehealth but also uh, wearable devices and many things that that are being studied for for the future
0: okay well so what do you think will hospitals and clinics become if there are way less patients going going there
1: well we're still need to uh, you know uh, we won't do a surgery in your house by yourself, so you still need everything that's really you know uh, clinically uh, urgent, so some medical things that uh, will be obviously done by, by hospitals. I think uh, hospitals will will adapt to these new new trends, uh, more using more technology, using more uh, telehealth. And I think that also will be good for hospitals, I think because sometimes there's so many patients you know gets so overcrowded when things could be done you know virtually. So I don't know if you know the concept of dark kitchens you know this these uh, restaurants that don't have you know any tables or anything they just they just have a, a kitchen and and they sell yeah you know uh, uh, delivery so maybe we could think about dark hospitals dark clinics that just are virtual clinics that everything is online and uh, for specific cases can send you all the maybe some dead devices that can be used from home to follow up the patient uh, so that stops the patients the, the need to go to the clinic because also, for society, going to a hospital, going to the clinic, it's, it's a cost. It's, it's, it's expensive.
0: OK, well, um, well thanks a lot. Uh, I think you really have an amazing solution and that can really help a lot of people. Um, I hope everyone will soon be able to benefit from it. Uh, best of luck for your clinical trials and, of course, for your equity crowdfunding campaign on Republic. Uh, Adrian, thanks a lot for your time, for sharing your vision of medicine and healthcare. And thank you everyone for joining this podcast on the future of medicine and see you next week. Thank you, Alex. This was the Future of Medicine podcast presented by Predictive, the first DNA-based digital twin to predict and prevent over 22,000 diseases. Learn more on www.predictivecare.com.